Before we take a deeper dive into work into the 21st century, how important it is to reflect, to do what you just did for yourself, but also in general as professional, to reflect really of the past 16 or 18 months to really understand the shifting nature of work. For example, had work shifted already and that was just a catalyst that exacerbated a trend, for example. How important it is for us in order to think about the designers of the future to look back in the rearview mirror and understand what happened. Oh, it's vital. It's vital. So I have to confess, when I started school way back in the 1990s, the first studio that we had at the time was to build a space for a person who works from home. So we're talking way back. So as designers, it's been a question that we've been pondering for a long, long time. It's not something new. And I think what happened here was we got the ultimate lab, right? Based innovation in terms of work from home. It's interesting how it's unraveling. It's really, really fascinating for me because at the beginning, it was like very cyber, futuristic. We're all on Zoom. We can do this and do that. And as we're getting more and more closer to a point where we can reacquaint ourselves to spaces again, what does that mean? And how do we reacquaint ourselves? And the way that we can reacquaint ourselves is through reflection and through seeing what worked, what didn't work, what is something that we can make better for the future. It's not a gimmick anymore. It's not something that we just ponder as designers and we make these like cool spaces. And I was thinking about it today that more and more in the past 10 years, we tried to make the office feel more like home. You know, we designed all these like communal spaces that look like a library or our living room. And now we're officizing our home spaces to create more thinking pods. And I found this funny image of this guy from the ninth century sitting at a desk and doing clerical work. So we're basically going back in time. So I don't know. It's like we're in this entrapment moment. So reflection is important. Kara, Mary, both in terms of your own personal life, but also the people you work with, your colleagues, the people you supervise, how important it is really to take the time to think about all that, to reflect on that. So I can say from a personal professional perspective, what I saw, but I can also mention that we did a study at Aptima seeing what we saw and how that changed over the course of the year, or in fact, really the first few months. So personally, as I said, I've been working remotely for a long time and I had all of that disruption around me in my home office that made working very different and more difficult. But actually, when it came to working with people at work, having people at home was kind of nice because the conversations that they would have normally in the hallway or in passing or in each other's offices that I was never really party to started to happen online in Zoom chats or in conference calls or things like that or emails. And so I definitely felt that I was more included in some of the conversations that I may have missed out on previously. And that I think has really held over since then, maybe because I'm bossier or more intrusive about getting into conversations, but it's nice to at least feel like I'm in the loop more on some things like that. And then speaking of loop, we did an internal research study for Aptima looking at how patterns of work changed. Mm -hmm. And 
how people felt about their effectiveness and their workload and how they were interacting with each other right in the first couple of months after the pandemic really hit. So everybody was working from home and we could very clearly track the increase in emails and chats and meeting frequencies. And when we asked employees at Aptima, how much more frequent are these sorts of emails? How much more frequent are meetings and things like that? It was something that everybody felt that they were now in more communication by these other channels than they had been before. But I think part of what was interesting is that most people felt like their effectiveness was actually about the same. So they didn't feel that their work was overwhelming them with this new way of doing things. And they felt largely just as effective. And similarly, we had mostly positive responses about whether or not they felt their work was flexible and if their workload had increased. There was an increase in workload noticed at that time. And again, that's partly just because of some you know coincidental things happening at the company. So that was really interesting to track. And we were able to track it both through surveys and by looking at our communications and seeing how often meetings were set in calendars and what was the change in the number of emails sent and the number of messages sent in Zoom chat. That was really nice to see and to have confirmation that we weren't crazy, but really, in fact, communications and how things were happening had changed significantly. But thanks for sharing that, Mary. Certainly, it will be very interesting to repeat the same kind of research over time, periodically, because of the initial effect is that isn't that cool to be on the virtual water cooler and talk to friends kind of thing eventually subside over time and to see whether or not actually it still takes basically more time to achieve the same level of productivity. And that's really one of the insights perhaps here is that this notion of people optimizing their outcome or their productivity or their accomplishments. But in order to do that, they have to work harder. And the nature of the work harder has to do with more communication and coordination needed. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. Hello, MindWorks listeners. This is Danielle Surfati. Do you love MindWorks but don't have time to listen to an entire episode? Then we have a solution for you. MindWorks Minis, curated segments from the MindWorks podcast, condensed to under 15 minutes each and designed to work with your busy schedule. You'll find the Minis along with full-length episodes under MindWorks on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcast. Kara. I just want to wrap up that question, but suddenly you were not the one who was working at home. Everybody was like you. Everybody you supervised actually worked from home. I think without exception, at least the first few months. What insight you learned from that? So I won't hide the fact that I'm very much pro-distributed work. I think it can be done well, just as well as face-to-face work. I think that our organization was largely distributed anyway. I know people who work at an office who mostly work with people who are in another office or another state working from a home office. So my perspective has always been that our company is largely distributed. And the one thing that I found challenging, I sort of this like mental model with everyone, all 120, 130 people in my mind. And I know... 
who's looking after who. And I used to utilize folks who were on site to sort of check in on people, walk by an office, see if somebody's there, are they withdrawing from the organization? Can they stop by and have a chat rather than send an email because it might be something sensitive or I need to gauge how somebody's doing? I lost that because people weren't seeing each other. It was much more difficult. It was more time consuming to help take care of anyone. We had to reconfigure that virtual space to make sure that there were enough touch points to make sure that everybody was doing okay, especially under the circumstances where there was a lot of ambiguity and stress outside of work, but related to work. So I lost that. What I was so excited about, like Mary, was that I belonged to this virtual crew at the company and no one really understood our experience. Like I remember somebody saying, oh, you have to be on camera all the time. But they did not know what it was like to be on camera eight hours a day and how you needed to use the restroom once in a while or you needed to stand up and stretch. And it was like all of a sudden everyone got the same perspective of what that kind of work was like. I also appreciated the stigma that sometimes was associated with remote work, but there was no clear research or data to support some of the negative things about remote work. I love seeing how easy it was really for people in our company to go to a fully remote situation and keep doing the work that we needed to do. So that was really nice. Yes. No, I think there are two words that I like very much personally, and I hope we can be a little deeper in them. This notion of empathy, as you said, because Right now, we kind of uh, equalize and we all work from the same situation or similar situation. So naturally, it's easier for you to take the perspective of the other. Something that perhaps when we have a hybrid workforce, you cannot really identify with the person who's been working from home for the past 10 years. It's difficult. You can make the intellectual exercise, perhaps, but it's not the emotional one. And the other word that I think is important here is this notion of intimacy. Many people worry that because we're not going to be together, you know, we're going to lose that human contact. And it's absolutely true in many circumstances. I think the fact that we were invited into people's home, that we had more opportunities to share, made us more intimate with each other at some level. And I wonder to which we will be able to replicate that in the future. Yes and no. I wanted to share we had a conversation about this with a group of people and there was a woman of color in that group. And she said some profound things that I think none of us could understand. But she said, look, when I was working at home and my boy would run behind me, I would get different reactions. And I could tell from the faces of people on Zoom that I had a different reaction to my wild child running behind me than a white woman that had the same child running behind her. And it came to a point that it was so difficult for her. That intimacy was very, very difficult. And she said, look, when I go to work, I can bring my whole self physically to the space and leave behind those things of bias that people may read into. And I think that's something very important to understand that not all remote work is created equal for everybody. If it's the infrastructure, if it's the gender bias. So we're three women here, but, you know, a lot of spaces where there were a lot of male dominant virtual meetings, sometimes women get swallowed up as they would in corporate, you know, just corporate meetings. But at least 
there's a physical presence where they can kind of stand up and show themselves versus in Zoom where it's supposedly the great equalizer or the pigeonhole, as I like to call it. I think it's a very important question of equity and not to overlook that question of, you know, what happens with gender bias, color bias, race bias, all of these things in these kind of spaces. And they probably have the same problems as you would have in a physical space, but maybe more so because suddenly people are in your home or in your closet, depending on where you are. So I just wanted to point that out. Well, thank you, Karin. I think it's a very important point that I wanted to also explore with you. I have so many things I need to explore with you. We're not going to need 10 hours today, but that particular one had to do with the differential effects that this whole COVID had on different subpopulations, whether they are women or minorities or maybe people with limitations or old people or young people. I think that didn't treat everybody exactly equally. And I think it's important we explore that if we need to design the work of the future. 